Loving Liberty Network is excited to present Ask an Immigrant, a weekly radio show by Lydia Wallace Nuttall and immigrants from all over the world who share their personal stories as to why they came to America. Lydia is the author of Forgotten American Stories, Celebrating America's Constitution, and an executive board member for We the Kids, with the mission to put God back into America's history and to inspire kids to value liberty and our United States Constitution and to be proud to be Americans. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Ask an Immigrant. We're dedicated to doing everything we can to help promote liberty and a love of liberty and gratitude for liberty in this great country, America. I am so proud to be American and you can be too. And today we have with us Dia, Dia Ali. Dia, do you want to share with us where you're from? What country are you from? I am from Iraq, um, northern part of Iraq. I'm originally a Kurd. I have moved uh, here in 2016. I have been here about six years and a couple days. Um, I'm not yet American, but hopefully soon I'll also be American, but I'll also always be Iraqi and Kurd. Iraqi and Kurd. Well, you are the first Iraqi and Kurd we've ever had on the show. In fact, I think you're the only one from Iraq that we've had on the show so far. I've had a couple, we've interviewed a couple of gentlemen from Iran, your neighbor mm -hmm. uh, there in Iraq, yeah. uh, near Iraq, but nobody from Iraq yet. So you are the one, the famous, the first <laughs> to be on Ask an Immigrant. So tell us a little bit more. You said you're a Kurd. Tell us what that means. Is that a, um, is that a belief? Well, is that a national, like a, like a, like um, here in America, we say I'm from the South, you know, or, uh, Sorry, everyone, if you're from the South, I'm sure I slaughtered that. Or from the East, you know, uh, is it a geographical title for where you live, or is it a religious belief, or tell us? Well, it's not a religious belief, um, even though a lot of people, when they talk about Iraq, they would be like, there are Shis, Sunnis, and Kurds. But being a Kurd has nothing to do with religion. Um, and I would say Kurds are the largest ethnicity that does not have a country of their own. Um, so we were divided among Iran, Turkey, Syria, and Iraq. Uh, the majority of the Kurds live in Turkey, um, and then the rest are in Iran and Iraq, and then it would be in Syria. Um, we were divided among those countries. Um, some of us are not even allowed to speak Kurdish, like um, people who live in um, Turkey. Um, same thing for Iran. Um, like right now, we all know about um, the case of Nasanini, the girl who uh, was killed by the Iranian government. But originally, her name is the Kurdish name, which is Gina. But because the Iranian government does not allow uh, people to have Kurdish names or even speak Kurdish, they have to have their Iranian name, which is why the world knows her by her Iranian name, um, by Persian name, not the Kurdish name. Um, so, but I would say there's about 20% of Babi more who live um, of the Iraqi population are Kurds. Um, but in Iraq, we are allowed to speak Kurdish. Uh, we are even allowed to study Kurdish in school. 
unlike the other countries, like n neither in Syria nor in Iran or in Turkey, are they allowed to study Kurdish in school? So there's and a certain I'm amount. Because, um, sorry, go, ahead. go ahead. No, 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 you go. You go first. Um, <laughs> okay, well, I'm Iraqi because I have the Iraqi citizenship, but on my passport and also my ID, it does say that I'm a Kurd. Um, so Iraq has allowed that because the uh, Kurdish, uh, Kurdish people have fought for that. So in 1991, uh, when the rest of Iraq was still under Saddam Hussein up to 2003, um, the Kurdish area was not um, technically, I mean, Saddam could have done anything, but we had our, our autonomy and then we were able to um, have our own government, which is the Kurdish regional government. This is fascinating uh, for me to learn. So thank you for sharing this and explaining it. So what it sounds like to me is the Kurds would be like, let's pretend America was uh, infiltrated or taken over all of America, like part of Canada took some of America and Mexico took care of the rest of America. And all of us who were Americans are we're still Americans, but we're no longer allowed to speak American or English, which I guess doesn't make sense in this analogy with Canada. They speak English too, but but in essence, what you're saying is the Kurds were actually a country, yeah, or or a group well, of people were... that inherited a certain a geographical spot that was then divided up um, between Turkey, Iran. Syria and Iraq. So you really have were always there. So it's not like we were okay. moved from somewhere else and put in that spot. They were always living in that area. What happened, there was okay. an agreement that they would be given their own country, meaning those four would be just one country. But then they decided after the Second World War II, that answers the Second World War, that they would be divided and they had them among those four countries. But um, in terms of language, um, like Persian and Kurdish are sister languages, so we might be able to understand one another. Personally, I do understand Kurdish might be not, not be able to understand us, even though we use similar words, um, they have the same root, but not so much when it comes to Arabic, because Arabic is a Semitic language, while Kurdish is an Indo-European language, so it has nothing to mm. do with Arabic, uh, Kurdish and Arabic. Um, and same thing for because so in Syria they also speak Arabic, um, and so same thing for the Kurdish language spoken there is nothing similar to the one spoken in Syria. Well, amazing to hear the dynamics of uh, that. In essence, if you're a Kurd in any of these other countries, Iran, Syria, or Turkey, you are not at liberty to even have your own. Kurdish name recognized by them. They have to give you a different name. That, that to me is, um, I am thankful that I can have my own name honored in this country. And, and um, you know, that's a liberty then that you're saying uh, you're not allowed in some of these other countries to just have your own name honored. Wow. So yeah, being able to speak your own language. Some people yeah, do speak oh, Kurdish at home, yeah. but not when they're outside or they're in school because people are terrified. Yeah. Like 
I remember when I was a kid, I went to Baghdad, which is the capital of Iraq. Um, I My parents told me not to speak um, Kurdish or not just to talk when I was outside because they were afraid of the um, Saddam government doing something just because we were Kurds. Um, or even I had to like listen to people talk about Saddam, that he is a good person, and agree with them when I was in Baghdad because if I said anything that was against their idea or belief, then I would have been hurt, um, even though I was a child. Um, you would have been hurt? Is like that what you simple said? Things like it's, yeah, even simple things as a child. Um, if the people who were working for government did not like you to do, then they were not allowed to. Like, I remember I had a toy that they didn't let me to bring to Baghdad because they did not want me to probably be a child, even though I was probably seven or eight. They didn't want you to bring a what to Baghdad? I didn't catch a that. Toy. Uh, just a, a toy. A toy. Oh, Sorry. a toy. You yeah. can even, oh, my goodness. Talk about control fanatics or micromanaging freaks. You know, that's, yeah. you couldn't even bring a toy to Baghdad as a seven-year-old because they were, what, threatened by that or what? <laughs> I feel like they didn't want me to be a child. They didn't want yeah. me to be happy because they knew that I was a Kurd because on my ID, it does say that I'm a Kurd. Yeah. And Kurd, you spell K-U-R-D, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, goodness. So uh, how old were you when you came to then America? And that's that first question. And then number two, what, what got you thinking of leaving Iraq? Because you were, what, born in those conditions, right? Under yeah, those I was born there. I yeah. went to school in Iraq. I even graduated from university in Iraq. I moved here in 2016. Um, it was the day that Trump got elected um, and that I landed here in the United States. And then I, prior to that, I knew that I had to leave Iraq. Um, I knew I could no longer stay there um, for so many reasons. Um, and I ha was thinking about either moving to France because I got accepted in a master's program in France um, or move here to the United States. Um, so I had to think about that for a while. Um, and I chose America. And you might be like, why? Because a lot of people ask me, like, why? You could have went to France. Um, I don't have anything against France, but I do know a lot of people here in the United States are coming from another country, even if not them, maybe their grandparents. So there are people from everywhere. I felt that I would be accepted more and people would understand that just like a lot of people, I came from another country and I'm deciding to start over. Um, that's why I chose America. Also, I was familiar with um, the language and I graduated from the American University of Iraq. Um, so I went to school there, also worked at the university after I graduated. Um, so it felt like home because I knew I was accepted at the university. I knew that I would also be accepted when I moved here. Well, we are glad you're here. <laughs> Dia. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it is nice to, for me to interview so many immigrants and you, all of you as immigrants are the ones that make America, America, because even my uh, heritage, I have grandparents who came here from Finland. 
and uh, Finland is next door to it's sandwiched between Russia and Sweden is where Finland is and my grandmother didn't even know a lick of English when she came here uh, but she came here because she was one of 16 children and felt like there was better opportunity here for her in America than what Finland could could give her and that's where she met my grandfather. He was also from Finland, also immigrated to America for educational reasons, for educational opportunities. He became a, one of the earlier pioneers of chiropractor, being a chiropractor. So, um, so, and then all of us, all of us, whether it's our grandparents who immigrated here, our great-grandparents, or our parents, or even us, we all bring something here to America, and uh, we used to be called the melting pot of America. I know there's kind of a trend to say that we're a, more like a tossed salad, um, but I like the melting pot because ultimately we are Americans. It doesn't matter what our skin color is or our, our race, our ideology. We are, I don't know of another country where you can come and actually become uh, like if I go to Iraq, Iraq, I'm not, I, I don't know if I can become, well, I guess I, if I applied for citizenship, an, an Iraqian, if that's how you, if you call it, but the, you know, can I go to someplace in Africa and be called African? No, you know, I was still American, but here it doesn't matter. You can come from whatever country and also hold, you can hold your heritage. You can hold your customs. You can even speak your language. Yay. Um, but you can also be part of this thing called America. You can, uh, well, especially you, I'm assuming you're applying for, have you already played, applied for American citizenship or you're in the process of or going to? Not yet. I will apply next year. Um, that's so exciting. Probably end of next year because I think that's when I can apply. It's a long process. I wish it wasn't as long as it is, but I also understand why it has to be that long. And, but hopefully next year I'll apply and I'll also be able to say that I'm American, even though right now I do feel like I'm American. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't good. That I'm not. <laughs> well, we'll Sometimes have I feel to. Like I'm more American than Iraqi, but I also know that I have been through other stuff that other people have not been. Um, so. I know that I will always be Iraqi. Well, that's wonderful. I, I love it when people still have their roots. I'm proud to have be half Finnish, you know, and have those customs that my, my mom passed on to have that. That's in our, it's in our blood, you know, that we can't deny who we are and where we come from. And if we take all the good uh, from where we came from and bring it here to America, then that's just what makes America wonderful. Um, is all that goodness. So tell me, what was it then that got you starting to think about, you know, I really need to leave Iraq? Because I've asked this to others too. When you're born in, in a certain um, environment where, for instance, even as a young girl, uh, you weren't allowed to speak your native language in the capital of Iraq, uh, or bring your favorite toy, um, how do you know that there's something different out there, that there's something called liberty out there when you weren't born into that? Uh, what made you want to leave, um, in essence? I don't know how to 
explain it, but I feel like no matter what, no matter how much the government tries to control you, even if you have never lived in freedom or do not know what freedom is like, you can imagine it. Um, you might be like, this is not right. I shouldn't be mm. controlled by other people. I shouldn't be told what to do. Um, because when I, well, in Iraq, when you are born on your ID, they would say what religion you have. Um, and you cannot change it. Like, for example, if somebody is a Muslim, they are a Muslim forever. Um, there's no way for you to change it um, on your ID. Um, and otherwise, if you're having another religion, then you can, because according to the country or according to Islam, you can go back from Islam to Christianity. They say go back because to them, Islam is the right religion. Um, and I always have those questions, like why my body is controlled by my religion, by my government, why I can't just be me. Um, and, I mean, the government and the religion both try to scare you by you can't ask questions. Um, um, you are like a sinner if you're asking questions. Um, so I was just thinking about how to get out of that situation, how to be me. Um, and oftentimes I would not tell people that I am an atheist because people would not accept me and I knew that they might harm me. But even those people that I so that they might be close to me when I even sure that I am not a Muslim, not even said that I'm an atheist, they were telling me that I am not welcome there. I don't mm. belong there. And that made me feel like I can't stay here because if I can't be who I am, then this is not the right place for me. Um, so religion was part of it. Also race, even though we are okay with one another in the Kurdish area, but knowing that the others might not be so welcoming is also not a good thing because you're like, we all share the same land, we all have the same nationality, but we are not liking one another. Um, that is also another thing. And also political views. I mean, I do not agree with any of the ruling um, parties. Um, they all are working for their own benefits. None of them have the um, public good in their minds or in their planning. Um, so all of those things made me to like get out of there as soon as possible. But I got lucky. I was able to leave um, and not just leave. Like it was like a favor. I just got on a plane and got out of the country. It was very scary the night that I had my flight. I was like, what if they do not let me get out of the country? What if they find a way to keep me there? Um, but I was able to get out. I mean, and I know a lot of people are putting their lives to risk by like getting on a boat, not knowing if they can make it to another country. And to a lot of people outside of those countries, like outside of the third world countries or countries in war, do not know um, how dangerous their lives are for them to be willing to take that risk. A lot of people are like, oh, they are just coming here. Um, but they are not just coming to another country. They are running away from war. They are running away from being hurt. They are running away from like not being able to live their dreams or even just to live in peace. Um, that's why they put their lives in risk. I mean, that's why I chose to start over because it's not easy to start over. And I had to start over at the age of 26. Um, I, I know it might not be too old to start over, and I don't think any age is too old, but 
it is difficult to not have your family with you. It's difficult to not have your friends with you or to just like do everything on your own for the first time. And, and even like in Iraq, the money is not worth anything if you think about it and having that little saving in another country that is a lot doing a lot better is difficult um, and you have to do everything for yourself and you don't even have anyone that you know that you can depend on so I would like for people to know that we are living a lot behind and we are risking a lot and it's because we need to feel safe wow so you came here by yourself on a plane at the risk of, you, you mentioned you were very fearful that they might find out and take you back. I'm assuming because that has happened before, that had happened before. I mean, 2016 wasn't that far away. That was just six years ago. Um, yeah. and, and they, meaning the government, would find out and, and, and keep you there? Yeah, because, um, I mean, people, the way the government portrays life in Iraq is not the way it is. They pretend it is safe and people can do whatever they want. But that's not true. I mean, there are people who are just kidnapped or people are supposedly killed in a car accident while we know it was a planned car accident because they don't want them to be there or to the public and a lot of people do not know that about Iraq um, because the thing is media is 100% controlled by the um, government there are political parties each one of them would show the way they want it show but that is not true Iraq um, there is nothing like freedom of speech in Iraq um, I mean I can go ahead and talk about something next day I will just disappear nobody would know where I am um, there are cases of journals just disappearing, um, kidnapping of journals and, or just imprisoning them. Um, but so people do not know what it looks like in Iraq. And not just that, there are um, religious extremists in Iraq um, who do not want you to be saying that I'm not even believing in Islam, uh, let alone saying that I'm an atheist. And if they figure out, they will find a way to kill you. And it would just be solved because they said, oh, I, they did it for the religion. Um, so they did the right thing according to them. Not knowing somebody's life was lost just because of somebody's belief and ideas. It's kind of a sobering conversation to have, yeah? <laughs> yeah. That... And not just that, being a woman in Iraq is very, very difficult. Um, like, now I live on my own. Um, I work, I work out, I don't know, I go out with my dog and go hiking, and all of that is normal. Nobody will be like, oh, how come you're living on your own? But you can't do that in Iraq. Even though I will be making my money and decide to rent a place for myself, they would not let you because how can a woman live on their own? Wow. To them, that is not okay. You can't do that. Um, you have to be married by a certain age, which is very early, um, you have to have a husband, you have to have kids. All of these things are required from you, um, even oh if you do goodness. not want that. Um, I mean, if you even choose just to 
not get married to people you are an outsider why why are you not choosing to get married we are still like still in iraq they are following these old traditions and they're not trying to get out of it they're just repeating the same thing over and over so people choose to stay in a marriage even though they it might be abusive they might be hurt by their partners but they choose to stay because it's better for people to be married according to them rather than being divorced and how old did you say they're they're encouraging um, women to get married in your country? Usually, um, people are in university in their early twenties, and they're expected to probably be engaged um, while they're in university, or maybe right after they graduate and then get married and then have kids right away. And so, whether you felt that was for you or not, it didn't matter. It was enforced. If, if anything, it was enforced just because it was expected and that's what you do and you would be treated as an outsider or even an outcast or what is wrong with you if you didn't. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, I mean, so, I probably know a handful of people who are not married. Um, they are in their thir- 30s. Almost everybody is married and has kids, and their kids are in school by now. Yeah. So you literally did come to America to be you. Yeah. I love that. I chose to be me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and here I you are. I was trying to be me in Iraq, and I tried really hard to be me and be accepted, but it was just not possible. Yeah. Wow. I thank you for explaining that. That's hard for me to wrap my head around because here in America, it's almost like anything goes. You can be anything, anyone, do anything. You can be married, you can be single, you can be uh, uh, whatever faith you want. You can have people call you by the goofiest name ever uh, that maybe other people are like, why the heck would you want to be called that? But they will respect you and call you by that name anyway because that's you that's you know if you're wanting to be you then we will you know call you by whatever name you want to go by uh and believe what you want to believe um tell us you do a special kind of work for the iraqi people um will you explain what that work is yeah um so i am a board member of um iraq queer which is the first uh, queer uh, organization in Iraq. Um, so we are not based in Iraq because we are not allowed to be based in Iraq. Um, according to the Iraqi government, um, you cannot be queer. And to them still being part of the LGBT community is a disease and it is something created by the West, according to them. So we are technically, even though all the board members are Iraqi, we are not based in Iraq. Um, We can go back to Iraq. We are working in Iraq, but of course, um, in secret, without the government knowing. And all the board members are based around the world. Um, none None of us are in Iraq, including me and everybody else, even though they are not in Iraq, um, they are Um, trying to use another name so even their families would not know. Um, So they are even not willing to share their actual names to not risk their families or even themselves. 
uh, from being heard by the government because I'm sure if the government wants, they might be able to find all of us. Um, I am one of the two who doesn't mind that. I am public and I'll tell people that I work for Era Queer uh, proudly. Um, so that job is very, very difficult. Like oftentimes that I work on things that would make me cry for days, um, knowing that people who, according to the government, are queer were killed. Um, those people never came out because you cannot come out in Iraq or else you would be hurt, but just because they were dressed differently or because maybe they were not married by a certain age, they are killed. Um, they were thrown from buildings. Um, some of them are imprisoned um, or they're just killed by, by their own family members and the cases are closed oh, no. under the name of honor. Um, and there is nothing that people can do about it until there would be human rights interventions. Um, like I recently um, had to had a, talked at a UN session asking for them, asking them to help us to just like hold Iraq accountable because the Iraqi government is not doing anything about it. Rather, they are standing against us. Um, they are trying to tell us that, no, that's a disease. Um, they, all of the people they have who are in charge are religious and according to and their religion, people are not queer and they should be um, hurt. So that is why I chose to do what I'm doing. Um, and I have joined Iraq Queer in 2018. I was not a board member back then. I have been a board member for over a year now. Um, and I love my job. I, that is my part-time job. That is not my full-time job. Um, but I still have hope. I know we are so far away from reaching where we want Iraq to be, but there is still hope. Um, sure, people at one point in time will stand up and just be fed up with what the government is doing and decide to live their lives, but that might not be anytime soon. Well, it is hard for me to imagine a government throwing off people, throwing people off buildings to kill them because they're queer, uh, LGBTQ, um, because then I'm appreciating and valuing even more this country that was founded upon the principles that are stated in our own Declaration of Independence from the government monarch, uh, the the king of Great Great Britain back in the day, 1776, that all men have the unalienable right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. All, everybody, if you're a human being, you have that right. So, um, what a beautiful gift you're trying to give to those in Iraq who are having their lives threatened, um, loved ones killed because they were LGBTQ. Um, wow. Dia, <laughs> thank you for, in essence, being letting us see through the window, through your eyes of what's happening in Iraq, even, even this day. 
even as we recording this, um, it's easy to take liberty here in America for granted uh, because I was born in America and I've lived here all my life. I have traveled overseas. I have seen other countries and the effects of the lack of liberty in many countries. Uh, but there are many of us here in America that have not had that opportunity. Um, and it's important for us to value what we have here and to protect it and to encourage uh, people like you to carry on with the great work you're doing in Iraq to try to provide uh, the right to life for those that uh, believe differently than those that are in the Iraqi government. Um, that's valuable work that you're doing, so thank you. And thank you for your time to be on Ask an Immigrant. I do have one more question, and that is this. If you could share a message with Americans today, especially with our American young people, you know, who are in their teens and 20s, what would it be? Oh, since it's for teens, um, I would probably say whenever you have a job, save up and travel. Um, because a lot of the other people who do not hold the American passport cannot travel easily. And you would learn so much from traveling. You get to know other cultures, other people, and probably even learn a word or two of another language. And that is something that you cannot get by like just reading or just watching documentaries. But actually try to go and maybe stay there for a week or two. And if you can afford more, maybe stay there for a year. Um, and just learning that you makes you appreciate um, your own country, which is America, a lot more. Um, and you would value the freedom and the liberty that you have here. Um, and also the respect, like people respect Americans. Um, so that might be interesting. And for other people, um, I would probably say the same thing. I would just say travel to other countries. I love that because guess what? I just came back from Australia, visiting Australia for a week. I was there immersed in the Australian way and learned so much from those beautiful people, that beautiful country. Um, I was in New South Wales. And it, uh, the reason why I'm saying this is because I got my first, well, my it's actually my second passport. I had a passport when I was a uh, child. Um, my dad was in the military and we lived in Germany for three years and toured all over Europe um, during that time. But, you know, that was back then and it, it, it expired. But I love what you just shared is get a passport, you young Americans, and go see other places outside of America. And that is awesome because I just did. And it, that's very difficult. Like even Most getting a visa to visit your uh, neighbor country, you can't do that. For a lot of people, just getting a visa is difficult. So, but it's not the case with the American passport. You can travel anywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's it's beautiful. And look, I, you know, I actually read the pages in my American passport. They are so they promote those beautiful ideals that America was built upon. Um, so those of you that have a passport, open it up to those pages that we don't use anymore for visa stamps. I remember when I was a kid, you'd go to a different country and they'd stamp your your passport. Now everything is electronic. But read those pages. There are beautiful quotes on there for, for, from former presidents um, and those uh, like Martin Luther King. There's a statement in there from him that are all 
values, um, ideals, principles upon which freedom, liberty is, is uh, built upon. And we can't forget those. So love your message, Dia. Thank you so much for being on Ask an Immigrant. A million thanks. Carry on with the great work you're doing to promote life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for all people. And um, yeah, many thanks. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. So everyone else who's listening, if you or you know someone who is an immigrant to America and would like to share your story on Ask an Immigrant, you can contact me at Lydia at LovingLiberty.net. That's L-Y-D-I-A at LovingLiberty.net. Um, get a hold of me. And goodness gracious, everyone, do your part to preserve liberty in your life today. Today.